0: Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast.
1: Today's topic on The Wealth is in the Details is inflation. After years of near 0% increases, inflation in the past two years has hit levels we haven't seen in decades. I'm Patrice Socorro with your host, Peter Raskin. Peter, inflation seems to be easing as interest rates rise. Overall unemployment is low. The economy continues to grow, but higher prices for food Goods, services, all taking a toll on our wallets. Could you put that all in perspective for us?
2: Yeah, I think it's a, a such a such a timely topic for for many. It's certainly much discussed, especially by the media. It, you know, and it's an important topic for for our country as well as you know, economies around the globe. Mm-hmm. And it affects everyone. Every economy is affected by inflation. You know, it's a, it's a normal part of an economy that's, that's productive and growing. I think we always need to keep that in mind. We actually want modest inflation. We probably have heard that the, the Federal Reserve, um, has a target of a, of 2% inflation. But I think it's important to know that, that that inflation affects different groups within our society. At, at different times and, and in different ways. It's not all good, and, and it isn't all, all bad either. It's Im- also important to consider that it's, it's, it's all relative. Inflation seems high compared to what it was you know, over two years ago when it was almost zero, but it's relatively low compared to what it was in the 1970s. And I remember those years
1: because at the end of the 70s, the beginning of the 80s, I got my first mortgage, Peter, and the interest
2: rate was almost 15%. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so yep. so this recent inflation has been a concern, and I I don't want to discount it, but it's it's a real problem. Inflation is a real problem around the extremes. So you know I consider the ex- an extreme in in twenty twenty one throughout twenty twenty two when inflation just jumped up dramatically in such a short period. That's not good. Yeah. So I'll tell you why. Don't we start with
1: what is inflation and how do we measure it?
2: Yeah. Simply put, I- inflation is the sustained and broad broad rise in the prices of good, goods and services over a longer period of time. And, and as I mentioned earlier, a bit of inflation is normal, and when it happens slowly and modestly over a longer period of time it doesn't seem like such a problem does it especially if income if, if our incomes keep up with those price increases and I think a good way to, to talk about this is just a, the cup of co- a cup of coffee in 1970 a cup of coffee cost 25 cents in 1980 it was 45 cents uh, 75 cents in 1990 a dollar in tw- in 2000. And, and twenty-two years later the cost is a And and that would be a bargain in a lot of.
1: I was gonna say, I don't know where you're <laughs> buying your coffee, but okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. So now I see I think we accept this these costs, this cost increase of coffee, and, and and people seem okay paying for those that that little pleasure. So it's it's a normal part of our, our economy. It happens and we need to accept it. Now measuring inflation is also an important Conversation. And it's an inexact science, mm-hmm. but there is a, a federal agency called the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and they're charged with this task. Uh, the, the BLS collects about 80,000 prices every month from 20, 23,000 retail and service establishments ar- around the country. You know, I, I think about all these people in a big room making lots and lots of calls <laughs> checking on prices but but that's in effect what they're doing and, and with this information they calculate the consumer price index the cpi which is a weighted average of prices for this basket of goods and services that attempt to represent total us consumer spending but you know we all we all spend differently at different times. So I think that we'll we'll talk about that in, in in a bit but when we hear about the that the that the CPI has increased, the consumer price index is increased, it typically means that this basket of goods and services has increased in cost compared to what it was 12 months ago. So just to keep that in perspective. Now, as I mentioned this this CPI basket of goods and services is weighted. There are eight major categories or, or groups of expenses. There's housing, there's food, transportation, commodities, healthcare, energy, education, and then you know, other, you know, other <laughs> goods and services. <laughs> yes. And so depending upon what you're spending money on will determine how inflation affects you. So like housing represents about 35% of the index. Healthcare is about 6%. Energy is 7%. Food is 13%. Education's about five percent, and then commodities are are twenty one percent. If you're you know spending a lot on housing, if you're a renter and, and rent keeps on going up, your personal inflation rate may be higher or lower than the CPI.
1: I'm surprised at food too, only thirteen percent, but the way prices have gone there. I should think that really uh, that's going to clobber a lot of people. That and part. it
2: does absolutely.
1: I think a lot of listeners really want to know what does this mean for me. And you've <laughs> right. got a list of, of 10 common effects of inflation. So let's go through that.
2: So the first way, basically inflation erodes your purchasing power. That's right. In- in inflation means that your dollar today are going to buy fewer goods in the future. That 25 cents mm-hmm. in 1970 may purchase a tablespoon or two of coffee today. You're really on that uh, coffee kick, aren't you? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You know, but my first apartment in 1983 cost me about $250 a month. Yeah. A- and, and today that apartment, that same apartment is probably going to cost like $2,500. Um, so you can see how that can really affect, affect people it, it, differently. We all experience inflation on a regular basis and it, and it's usually manageable as long as our income continues to keep up. But if that doesn't happen, inflation feels like a, a slow tire leak. You know, eventually it affects our standard of living. And that's why it's vital that people prepare for this long-term bout with inflation that that we all that we all have to live with. And it it, it drives your investment decisions. You know, in general, no risk savings and in investment accounts, like bank accounts and, right. and US treasuries, short-term treasuries, CDs, they don't keep up with inflation. Bonds. Do a better job keeping up, but just barely. And then the, the asset class called stocks, you know, ownership in companies, a diversified portfolio has a really good chance over a long period of time of actually beating inflation. We don't it, it, there'll be periods of time when it doesn't, but over a longer extended time period, stocks are really more inflation-proof than, than other kinds of asset classes. But as you say, it's over the
1: long term. You're not going to see one year, two years. You've got to Exactly. Be- yeah. Yeah. Which makes it interesting in the fact that we had those two years of really surprisingly strong inflation. And was it 21 and 22? 8% one year. That was yep. pretty outrageous. It was. And it went up very,
2: very quickly. Um,
1: all right. Now, inflation, you mentioned this earlier inflation disproportionately impacts lower income consumers. Tell me about that.
2: It's really true. So lower income consumers spend a higher proportion of their income on necessities than those with higher incomes. (laughs) You know, I think we all kind of know that they have less of a cushion against this loss of purchasing power. I was in conversation recently with an employee uh, at a young, young employee at a daycare center. We do a lot of retirement plans for, for small businesses. And I was. Talking to her about her her retirement plan, and you know she's young, doesn't make a lot of money, and she was so upset that she just can't contribute to her four hundred one k plan right now because everything's gotten so expensive. Her rent, her car, her groceries, her student loans are kicking back in, right? A- and, and these necessities, she doesn't have a choice about this stuff. She's got a she needs a, a, a place to live. She needs a car to get to work. You know, these are necessities, and those necessities represent you know over 100% of her her actual income mm-hmm. and we we're talking she knows she should do it she knows she should contribute but she's just not feeling comfortable right now and, you know and i and i compare her her situation you know to most of our actual clients that we work with who are the vast majority of them are affluent you know they've got lots of options they've got excess cash flow some are wealthier than others that that, that that's fine but but they're all okay and well, they aren't happy that they're spending an extra fifty dollars or hundred dollars at the market each month, or that it costs more to purchase a car or to go on vacation. You know, all of those things. They're actually managing just fine, and I think it, it, it's something that that we need to be be empathetic about. You know, we need to think about those those people that are kind of living hand to mouth, which is a lot of America today.
1: More and more, from what we're seeing or hearing.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: All right there's inflation there is deflation inflation keeps deflation at bay you say if inflation is bad quote unquote bad is deflation quote unquote good
2: right <laughs> good question <laughs> uh, uh, you know so i think it's just important to define what deflation is deflation right. occurs when the prices of goods and services actually decline and that and i'm talking about the the general economy i'm not talking about a, a specific Item on sale, you know. Right. I'm talking about the general goods and services, and, and if that happens consistently, that means our economy is contracting, getting smaller, which is not a good thing. Matter of fact, uh, it, it leads to things like high unemployment, uh, less consumer and business spending, and, and then eventually don't loan defaults, right. and, and and that can lead to banking crises, and you know just like compounds. So. We really want an economy that's growing steadily with modest inflation. That's kind of that Goldilocks economic environment, not too hot, not too cold. You know, both consumers and businesses can kind of plan ahead. They can thrive. That's what we want. So deflation is actually not good. And in general, when we're coming off of high periods of inflation, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden prices are going to come back to where they were a year or two ago they may stay high. They may stay at that higher level and they may not all come down. Some might, you know, uh, energy and food, those things tend to be more volatile, but other prices may not come down. Like housing costs, right. they may stay high. In all honesty, Peter, when you see a price go up, don't count on it coming down. Don't count. Exactly. And that's, that's I think... what well, that's part of the deal and that's what maybe why a lot of people are not feeling good right now is because they keep on he- they, they keep on hearing oh inflation's getting under control but they're still they're still paying way more than they paid on their rent a couple years ago they're paying much more for groceries than they were a couple years ago again vacations are more expensive cars are more expensive everything's more expensive and they're feeling it and they're saying hey this doesn't this doesn't feel good
1: all right the next point. Inflation feeds on itself when it's
2: high. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's also just important to be offer some humility here. We really don't know exactly why we experience bite, bouts of you know high inflation. There's always lots of theories, and everyone there's people that say they sound so convincing that they know why inflation is going to is going up or when it will go up or when it will come down. You know, there's just a, but in general, we don't really know. But and I, I suspect it's it's just a, a mix of a lot of circumstances. And you know, because if we knew what caused inflation, we could avoid it. But that isn't happening. But what we've seen is that there's an exacerbation of inflation when the consumer feels that inflation's out of control. And inflation can get worse because of that. You know, so if if my dollar is worth less tomorrow, I'm more likely to spend today because I get more from my I get more bang for my buck. So a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, prophecy, right? We saw we saw this compounding and consumer anxiety. Uh, you know, we've seen it in the past. You know, the best known example is that hyperinflation in Germany after World War One. You know, people lost faith in the German mark because it became less valuable day after day. Now, that was a a very exaggerated example, but we experienced hyperinflation in the 1970s. You and I talked about that before when inflation was above 13 percent and unemployment was also higher than 10 percent those were serious times and not good for our economy and a lot of people suffered so yeah inflation can feed on itself there's a psychological piece to inflation never mind the um all the economic issues that 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 may may cause inflation
0: hi this is Catherine broy from the raskin planning group apologies for the interruption thanks so much for listening to wealth is in the details we hope you're enjoying it so far if you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, please visit our website at www.RaskinPlanning.com. Look for the podcast's show notes and connect with us via social media. Uh,
1: you kind of were skirting the issue of the Fed, the Federal Reserve. So the next point is inflation and interest rates. What is the connection there?
2: Yeah. So so in order to avoid this hyperinflation, which really can de- devastate an economy, uh, governments, uh, especially from the economies of the established world, the established economies, over the last century, they've tried their hardest to control inflation and they use what we call monetary policy to do this. And it, in the U S, we call the, the Federal Reserve has an open market uh, committee, which controls short-term interest rates and the, these, these interest rates. Are, are the rates that banks charge each other to borrow funds
1: mm-hmm.
2: And by increasing these these rates, the Fed is trying to make interest rates go up for businesses and consumers. And what does that do? Well that affects the that slows down the economy because it becomes more expensive uh, to borrow funds and, and it, it dampens economic uh, demand and, and and really wage growth. So that's the goal: is to slow down these price increases, and thus slow down inflation. So while the Fed can only control these short-term interest rates, longer-term interest rates are often affected as well. That's good news and bad news for 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 people. Um, if you're a borrower, if you're you're, you're borrowing money, it's going to cost you more to borrow money. So if you, you need a mortgage. It's going to cost you more to buy a home. Uh, if you if you need to buy a car, it may cost you more to buy that car because you're paying higher interest on, on a loan. But if you're a lender or you're a saver, if you invest in CDs or bonds, you're going to receive higher income. So in, in effect, inflation, once again, can help some and, and hurt others. Yeah. In fact, uh,
1: CD rates were nothing, absolutely nothing just a couple of years ago. And
2: now suddenly they're five and a quarter percent you're finding exactly and a lot of people are, are are chomping at the bit for that they That's they true. think it's great all right economic
1: growth and employment in the short term how does inflation impact that
2: what what happens during periods of, of modest inflation it's likely the likely the economy is growing again, again at least modestly but when the economy grows more people people are gainfully employed which means more people are spending and traveling and and saving and investing and business in general are expanding, but we know this is cyclical. The economy is always expanding, but sometimes at a greater, with more velocity than other times. So um, there are businesses and there are business and economic cycles where there's less growth and higher unemployment, and other cycles where there's more growth and and, and higher employment. And I want our clients and, and listeners to really expect these cycles. It's going to happen. It's, 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 it's just natural. Um, what we don't want is a real slowdown, but we, we often can get that too. Like the, the Great Recession can can be devastating to a whole generation of workers. We want to avoid those those real cycles, those bad cycles in the economy. Those extreme cycles, maybe we should call them. Yeah, exactly.
1: Peter, what about inflation and recessions? As you just mentioned, the Great Recession,
2: where where does it play a role there? So you know, inflation can really wreak havoc on an economy if it's if it's out of control, and that's why we saw the Fed increase interest rates so dramatically in twenty twenty two. It went from basically zero the interest rate, the Fed, you know, over five percent in in mm-hmm. a very very short time. And you know, some people feel that those are incre- that they should have started raising. Rate sooner than they did, but they didn't. The goal is to slow down the economy to the point where inflation subsided to a level that 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 the Fed believes is sustainable. And as I mentioned earlier, that that goal is two percent. Right now, we're a little over three percent, at least year over year. Remember, I said that earlier. Yes. They're looking yes. back over the last right. twelve months. So year over year, it, it's 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 three percent, a little over three percent now. But the big fear for 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 many is that. That these rate increases are going to slow down the economy so much, so that unemployment rises significantly, and then we might enter into a, a, a real recession, maybe a deep recession, but but some sort of recession, and that means we're, the economy is contracting, mm-hmm. and that's not good. So the Fed is trying to this balancing act; they want they don't want inflation to go so high, which can tr- increase. Unemployment and caused, you know, real economic hardship. But they realize that they have to slow down the economy, so there may be some unemployment. It's this balancing act. It's kind of the lesser of the evils, is what they're trying to do. You know, right now it appears that the Fed may have achieved their goal. We don't really know how it's going to play out. Inflation's dropped from a high down to, you know, almost that that three percent level. So that's good. Employment is still high. And the economy appears to be still growing, but, but we still have a long way to go. This could happen in in the end of this year, beginning in next year. We don't know how it's going to play out, but I think it's just important that to understand why the Fed took such an aggressive role, raising interest rates, trying to slow down the economy, and and it's and it's this understanding this balancing act between um, uh, slowing down and and maintaining growth. And there were so many people, you were
1: correct, who said, oh, this isn't going to work. They can't do it. It's way out of control. This soft landing is not going to happen. Some of those critics are now on the side of the Fed saying, hey,
2: this, this they might do it. They might do it, right. Yep. People that are predicting the future are more often wrong than right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that has nothing to do with inflation. No. Now, <laughs> inflation and debt service costs talk to me about that yeah again just a, another example of how inflation can help some people so um you know if you just I, I think the best way to describe this is 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 an example let's say you took out a 30-year fixed mortgage when interest rates were hovering around three percent mortgage interest rates were were at three percent in January of 2021 that's right that's right if, the good old days. But now with interest rates much, much higher, mortgage interest rates and inflation higher, you're actually paying back debt with inflated money. So, you know, if your wages mm-hmm. keep up with inflation and or, or your investments are earning more than the interest cost on, on your mortgage, you're potentially ahead. And isn't you know, that a nice thought? Yeah. Isn't that a nice thought? Now, I, I, that's not why we, we don't want inflation. But if the timing can work, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and you take out some debt at very low rates, maybe you want to keep it right now. Maybe you don't want to pay it off.
1: Yeah. Okay. And seeing as a, a house really is a type of investment, what about inflation and other investments
2: like bonds and growth stocks? Again, I, I'm going to come back to this themes. It inflation can help and hurt. In this example, I think it's important to understand how inflation can hurt different kinds of, of, of assets like stocks, bonds, and real estate. And in this situation, um, inflation can affect interest rates. Remember, I just we talked about that uh-huh. earlier. Inflation goes up, bond interest rates tend to increase. And this these interest rate increases or decreases can affect the value of your bonds if you try and sell your bonds before they mature. So just a quick you know, understanding bonds, you buy a bond, It's a, you're you're lending money to an institution or to a government, and you're saying, uh, you if you give me a certain interest rate for the next five years or 10 years, I'll lend you the money, and then at the end of that period of time, you give me my money back. Mm-hmm. That's what a bond is. You're lending money. So if you keep your bonds until they mature, you'll receive your promised value. But if you try and sell your bond before it matures... Someone might offer you more or less than, than, than what you purchased it for. So if you buy a bond and you, interest, and you get a certain interest rate, a lower interest rate, and then interest rates increase after you purchase the bond and you try to sell your bond, hmm. the only way to sell your bond to someone else is to, is to, is to offer that bond at a lower price. Right. So someone else can get an interest rate similar to what they could get elsewhere. So it's just it's kind of math. So bond values go up and down depending upon what interest rates do. Inflation affects interest rates. So if interest rates go up, bond values go down. But if you hold those bonds to maturity, no problem. You don't lose anything. Another asset class that's hurt more often than not um, in inflationary periods are growth stocks. So s- certain kinds of stocks are negatively affected and growth companies companies that are, are built to grow, like like technology companies. So they, they, they may borrow money to grow their business, but if interest rates are going up, they might experience certain financial challenges, you know, and it, co- it, co- it costs more to borrow. Mm-hmm. And so that can hurt them. Also, if you're a growth stock buyer... You, the reason why you're paying extra for that for that stock is because you're looking at their future earnings. They may not be that profitable today, but but you're hoping that in the future they're going to be they're going to be more profitable. But if we have high inflation, we have to discount those earnings, those future earnings at a higher rate. And therefore that means that that the value of that stock is actually worth less today hmm. because interest rates are higher. So again, it's it's more math. basically, there are discounts based upon current interest rates. And when interest rates are higher, gross stocks tend to be worth less because of this, this discounting that goes on.
1: Okay. Well, then how about things like real estate, energy, and value stocks? What does inflation do there?
2: Real estate is a great asset because um, it often keeps up with inflation. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. it, it, and the same with the energy assets like, like you know oil they t- these kind of assets keep up primarily if you think about it this way that both real estate and inflation tend to be in limited supply and so when there is a limited supply of assets and demand is increasing you know the economy's growing well prices increase and that's that's what happens typically with real estate and and energy related assets you know value stocks usually pay current dividends so there are companies that that pay current dividends and we call them value stocks oftentimes and investors are paying they want they're buying that stock for the dividend today for the earnings that the company is is actually making today the money they're earning today. So those current earnings are more valuable than the future earnings in an inflationary period. Right. So oftentimes value stocks tend to go up when in inflationary periods and growth stocks tend to go down. It's again, it's cyclical. We're going to have periods of time when when interest rates are going down, and therefore, growth stocks tend to go up. It doesn't always play out exactly that way, but that's often what we see, and we saw it recently in in this inflationary period. Growth stocks went down, um, value stocks went up. Now that inflation is more under control, at least it appears that way, value stocks have gone down, and growth stocks have gone back up. All right. Well, Peter, that
1: is quite a list that we just went through, and basically- as you said, it's all relative. Inflation is not all good or all bad. Moderation is the key here, just like life, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> it sounds like modest inflation really is best for most of us in the economy, but we really all need to prepare for it.
2: Yeah, and, and I think that's that's exactly my point today. Um, when we talk about inflation, I, I, I'm, I'm out of the prediction game. I'm not going to tell you <laughs> what... <laughs> what interest rates or inflation will be tomorrow? because I really don't know. in inflation's a reality, and we hope it's moderate, but we need to prepare for the times when when inflation's higher. um, just like you prepare for for stock market volatility by, you know, adding safer assets like cash and bonds to your stock portfolio. We have to assume that inflation's going to erode our purchasing power. Just think about it as a the it's it's a given. And, and that's why we think planning is so important. You need to prepare for this this long term journey, so that you can be prepared for that t- those times that are more challenging, like recessions, mm-hmm. like inflationary periods of time. It's it's going to happen. It's going to be there. I, we're not we're we're not predicting when it's going to happen, but but you just need to be prepared, and your whole plan needs to be centered around your goals and objectives. Understand that there might be hiccups, you know, things that get you out of sync. Again, just prepare for it. And that's that's what we do in conversations with clients.
1: Peter, thanks so much. How can someone reach you if they want to have this conversation with you?
2: Yeah, please uh, visit our website at uh, raskinplanning.com. They'll find our contact information there. All right. For more insights from Peter... Follow or
1: subscribe to this podcast, The Wealth is in the Details, and of course, feel free to share this podcast with friends and colleagues as well. Thanks for being with us.
0: Thank you for listening to The Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp., a broker-dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.